Hello, working people of Southwest Washington. You're listening to Episode 7 of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council and sponsored by Unions America. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. We're also a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. Find out more about the network at laborradionetwork.org. And I'm Shannon Myers. And I'm Harold Phillips. And before we get started, we wanted to remind you all that the views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council, its affiliate unions, our guest unions, our guest employers, or even their Nana's opinion, because God knows my Nana has her own opinion. And I am not going to cross Shannon's Nana. I know what crossing Shannon would be like. I can only imagine what Nana would be like. (laughs) So now that we've got that out of the way, wow, Shannon, we've said before that it's getting crazy out there, but we had an example of that right here in Vancouver, Washington this week. You know, it has just been so crazy on a national level and the anger And the just downright fighting has really just exhausted not only me, but I'm sure a lot of people in our community. And unfortunately, it is starting to show here in our beloved Clark County. There has been an incident just recently where somebody who had a different political opinion approached somebody else and basically gave them some very unkind words for over six minutes. And... Also, on a national level, you see property being burned, property being damaged, people harassing each other, calling each other names. I wanted us to talk about it because things are only going to get heated up. I think people's opinions are definitely valid, but we need to make sure that we respect each other. Yeah, you know, the video from that incident, it spread like wildfire across the internet. In fact, I looked at one version of it before we started recording tonight, and it literally had thousands of views. I think a lot of people, when they see that video or videos like it, ask themselves what they would do if they found themselves in a similar situation. That's why we are incredibly lucky to have some expert advice on that subject. First off, we have... Troy Price, who is the Assistant Chief of the Vancouver Police Department. Thank you so much for joining us, Assistant Chief Price. Thank you for having me tonight. And we've got the Mayor of Vancouver, Anne McInerney Ogle. Thank you so much for joining us, Madam Mayor. I'm enjoying the opportunity. Thank you, Harold. This is a tough one. How do we even talk about this subject of what? Harassment, being accosted? conflict. It's such a big topic. It's hard to really define, isn't it? It is. But as a retired teacher, I have watched this for many, many years in elementary school, in middle school, in high school, and we call it bullying. And what is interesting now is that we have seen more adult bullying than we've ever seen it before. And and we've heard about the cyberbullying. And some of that verbal bullying is becoming stronger and stronger, but it's escalating to physical bullying in some cases. 
as we work with children, we talk about bullies wanting a reaction. They enjoy having that opportunity. We've learned a lot about bullying the last several years and how to help children, but we didn't talk about how adults handle those verbal bullies. And that's kind of where Troy is coming in because he has been working with our officers on a lot of physical work and domestic violence and such, but usually it's behind closed doors. Shannon, did you want to say something before we kick it over to can I call you Troy? I'm not the Troy's, mayor of Vancouver, so. <laughs> Troy is, is perfectly fine. Thank you. Okay. Well, because we were talking about bullying and the line that was being crossed. Where is that line? If you can explain what that line is, and if you feel uncomfortable, what should you do? Our mayor has provided the perfect example by using that bullying term, because that's essentially what we have most of the time. It's something we haven't dealt with a lot through the years. Um, increasingly, it is becoming more of an issue because people are becoming more and more solidified in wherever they are politically, and people seem to be taking offense even more <laughs> than has happened in the past. That being the case, you never know when you're going to run across one of these situations, but certainly the more people put themselves out into the public expressing an opinion. It doesn't have to be a political one. It just could be an opinion. Uh, they actually create a, a target for themselves and they invite that type of interaction. And we have to always remember that there are a lot of people in our society that rely on medication to operate in, in a manner that is uh, socially acceptable. And how they react is very unpredictable. And it could lead to violence. Our best advice in any of these situations is if someone feels threatened, um, and it doesn't have to be an overt threat, it could just be that sixth sense in, in the back of your brain It says something's not right. Hey, listen, remove yourself from that situation. Don't stand there and fight and argue your point because now you just increase the likelihood that something unfortunate could occur. Get to a place of safety and call 911. I go one step further and say, Call 911 while you're going to a place of safety. That allows us to be able to start responding and intervene and to come figure out what's going on. And if nothing else, try and de-escalate the entire situation and send people on their way. We don't want to intrude on anyone's First Amendment rights to express themselves or their views at all. This is merely about people being safe. Troy, now, you used a word there, which... People may have heard, but they may not necessarily know what it means. De-escalation. Can you give us an idea of what that means? De-escalation has been thrown around a lot in the media lately. I went to the police academy in 1994 in Chicago, and we learned de-escalation there, and it was just woven into all of the instruction that they gave you. And de-escalation simply was decreasing the likelihood that violence might occur. So that's trying to dial people down. Sometimes people get upset and they are beyond the point where they are able to control themselves, control the things they say, control the things they do. So what we try to do is to bring them back to that place where they're able to make calm, rational decisions and decrease the likelihood that someone gets hurt or someone has force used against them. People do it every day. Every parent that has two children has done it <laughs> because there's de-escalation in the home all the time. Troy mentioned that we are going into an election. 
which is going to ratchet the tensions up. I think it's important to realize that we're going into something that might be even more tense. Thanksgiving. <laughs> now, <laughs> I know a lot of people who have stayed away from their family's Thanksgiving table because they have that relative or two or three relatives and they can't seem to figure out how to get along with them. Can you give us some thoughts on how you deal with those people in our little small community? Because how we deal with those people kind of reflects on how we deal with people in the broader community, right? Right, Harold. But fortunately, everyone has an excuse. With the COVID pandemic, we're asking people not to go to Thanksgiving dinner and share germs and everything else. So have your Thanksgiving dinner at home and you know, stay away from all of that. <laughs> avoid avoid Ooh, all of that. <laughs> Burn, Harold, burn. <laughs> Troy brings up wonderful points. And it's the same thing as those interpersonal relationships that you learn way back in kindergarten. How do you deal with difficult situations? You're trying to keep everything calm. If it's not calm, then remove yourself. When there's that feeling of being threatened at any point, you know what? You can say, I think we're done here. But there's the second piece to that. And depending on where you are and how threatening that was, as soon as you find safety, whether it's back in your car or your home or whatever, start writing down and documenting what happened. That kind of helps remove some of the stress because quite frankly, you may be anxious. Uh, you may have trouble sleeping. You may have that constant recall and trying to figure it out in your mind. What should I have said to Aunt Sarah? What should I have said to that man as he was pulling my sign down or whatever? You may have difficulties concentrating, but it's important to deal with it and heal from it. And so if you have someone um, a spouse, a partner, a friend, even if this happens to you at work and you need to go to HR and talk to someone about it, you need to document it, calm yourself down, get it down in writing and work through it, talking through it so that you have the confidence that you can handle it. And let me add one more thing. These are tough times and politics probably won't stop just on November 3rd and 4th and 5th. This is probably going to continue for a while. So people need to figure out if it's going to be a difficult situation, maybe not go into it by yourself or not go into it at all. Cyberbullying is going to continue on Facebook. Maybe you don't need to do Facebook anymore. Maybe you don't need to do Twitter anymore. Maybe you need to take a break from it and find a hobby and clean out your drawers and do something different at home instead of sitting there and watching Facebook. These are difficult times, but we can handle it. All of those strategies that you were taught in school, now you need to use them as adults. You know, that is really good advice, Mayor McInerney-Ogle. We need to check in with our sponsor, Unions America. So stick with us, working people. We'll be right back with Mayor Anne McInerney-Ogle of the City of Vancouver, Washington, and Assistant Chief of the Vancouver Police Department, Troy Price. Hi folks, this is Patrick Dixon from Labour History Today, brought to you by the DC Metro Labour Council and the Kalmanovitz Initiative for Labour and the Working Poor. 
I'd like to take a moment to tell you about an exciting new resource. Labour History Today is now a member of the Labour Radio Network, a coalition of around 50 Labour radio shows and podcasts from across the United States and Canada. All you need to do is go to labourradionetwork.org and you can listen to local programming from coast to coast, from Oregon to Texas to Missouri to Ontario to Michigan to Vermont to New Jersey. You can find an abundance of exciting original recordings. Whether you're looking for discussions of union news here at home or in the world, you'd like to hear workers podcasting about their experiences on the job, you're interested in labour history, or you'd like to learn more about new books on workers and workers' movements, it's all there. So that's labourradionetwork.org. You can follow us on Instagram at labourradionet. Look out for the hashtag labourradiopod on Twitter. You've got no excuse for ever being bored again. Thanks for sticking with us, working people. If you've been to the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council's website, you know there's a lot of information there to help working people in our region. What you might not know is that website is 100% union-made. Now, you know the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council is all about helping make sure working people like us get treated fairly in their workplace and encouraging you to support those businesses that treat their workers right with union contracts. That's why we're proud that our website is built on the Union Active platform. Provided by a company based in Battleground, Washington, just slightly north of Vancouver, where we're based, called Unions America. Here to tell us more is Timothy Johnson, CEO of Unions America. Hi, Timothy. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Harold. I really want to thank you for the opportunity to share a little about our company. Timothy, how did Unions America start? My background is I've been in the old union printing for 47 years. And around the end of 1999, I started seeing more and more work go to the Internet. And I got the vision to create a union-made web design and web hosting company. So I applied back in Washington, D.C. to the then GCIU, Graphic Communications International Union, and I was granted the first contract in the world to design union-made websites and offer union-hosted website services. Now. Timothy, one of the things that sets Union Active apart is that it's based in CMS, right? What is CMS? What people today recognize as WordPress or Drupal or even some of the the cookie cutter ones like uh, Squarespace or um, those are all content management systems. We built one of the first in America and it was union made. So now, before we started, you mentioned that uh, you have something special going on until the end of the year. Is that right? Yes, sir. We are offering a free mobile app to all union organizations. If they order their app before December 31st, 2020, they can go uh, to our mobile app website, which is unionreach.com. Dot net, and they can register for their mobile app right there on the website. A free mobile app if they register by December 31st. How long is that free for? We will grandfather them in so that they will be able to take advantage of that free. Starting January 1st, because we've added such brand new cutting edge technology, we uh, are going to be charging 
at least $40 a month for the mobile app. And Timothy, what kind of things does this app do? You can send textual messages, audio messages, or video messages of any length to one, some, or all of your entire membership. One of the amazing things is, is that it has an instant pay uh, capability to do online dues, to accept donations, or do financial transactions of any kind. And it also has the first in America certified push notifications, which means if you send out an updated sexual harassment policy, you can put a read receipt requirement on that push notification. So each member has to check a box to acknowledge that they have read this important notification from their union. That is great, Timothy. So once again, what's that website where people can find out about this app? It is unionreach, all one word, dot net. And how long do they have to sign up for their free app? Until December 31st, 2020. Hey, Harold, have we signed up our labor council for Union Reach yet? You know, I think you're on to something, Shannon. Once we get off the air here, we might be talking to Timothy. Absolutely. But for now, I want to say thank you, Timothy Johnson, CEO of Unions America and UnionReach.net. Thank you so much for having me. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, it's Bama Athreya, your host on The Geek Podcast. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And this show is now part of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. You can discover more than just us by visiting their website at laborradionetwork.org. The Labor Radio Network will help you find your favorite union podcast or radio show, besides this one, of course. What is the Labor Radio Podcast Network? It's a simple network of folks from around the United States. Working people keep raising their voices more and more each day and demanding better treatment from their workplaces and from their elected officials. These voices don't get heard very much on the corporate-controlled media, but the 21st century labor movement has a new way to get its message out there besides traditional media gatekeepers. Uh, Yeah, it's ironic, but we are talking about corporate-controlled social media. But we are trusting you as the gatekeepers. So plug in and get the real news. For a one-stop shop, just visit laborradionetwork.org. On the main page, you'll see a grid of show logos, and you can just click on any one of them, and the description and links pop up right there. It's worth going to visit this ever-growing set of voices for labor. Thanks for sticking with us, working people. We're still talking to Vancouver Mayor Anne McInerney-Ogle and Assistant Chief of the Vancouver Police Department, Troy Price. Troy, we talked earlier about the idea of de-escalation. Is there a danger of escalating as opposed to de-escalating if more people start to show up in a tense situation? Yeah, it depends on each situation. You know, trying to de-escalate people who you have no relationship with and 
are showing signs that this is going to escalate to violence, we're always going to recommend, hey, call 911. If you're that third party who has come in and seen this, definitely let's call 911 and have the police rolling. We would love it if the situation is resolved before we get there, but it helps to get us coming as early as possible. If it's someone you know, we talked about people showing up at Thanksgiving dinner and the conflict that happens there. Intervene early. Let's help them extract themselves from that situation because sometimes in the heat of battle, we're not getting that 360 view. And so if we can come and go, hey, listen, I think I can de-escalate this by pulling this person away. Let's do that and take every advantage of that night. Sometimes alcohol and such make things worse. And so a little prevention might help tremendously if you know that that sets people up to getting into difficult conversation. Maybe you can prevent that from happening before it gets too far. Self-control is very difficult. But the last thing I want at Thanksgiving dinner is to leave with bad feelings and such. But sometimes it happens. If you realize that you have been triggered by something, that's the time to stop focusing on that and focus on something else. I personally go to my happy place, which is by a campfire. That's, that's me. But people should find that thing that calms them down and rationally work through this and understand that the person that you're upset with is not the locus of your anger. Your anger is probably on an ideology that that person embraces. So begin to understand that, begin to rationalize it, and understand that at the end of the day, no matter how much you preach to this person, they are not likely to come around to your way of thinking. They're not going to walk away from that and go, you know what, I'm not going to vote for my candidate. I'm going to vote for his candidate or, or whatever. That, that, that just doesn't work, especially when it's done in a manner that's angry. Like they say, honey's going to draw more flies than vinegar. That's just the way life is. I tell people, if you're getting angry, whatever is the trigger for that, avoid it and go do something else. Find your happy place. We have a wonderful Vancouver Police Department and officers who are there to help. They do have lots and lots of professional training every single year, not just when they're at the academy. They have training every day and they de-escalate conversations and incidents all day long. That is their training. So when something happens, you heard Troy say, call 911. If you feel threatened, if there is that sense of, mm, this isn't right, call 911. They'll help you figure it out. Don't wait until things go so catawonkous that you are deep in a problem. And we were just talking about the fact that it may not happen soon, but the sheriffs and police chiefs gave us one of their nine grants to partner with CMAR, Community Services. It's a pilot program to improve access to mental health services and treatment options and working with the officers along all of that. So it was a $2 million program that was established in the state of Washington by the legislature. And we were one of the nine communities that were awarded those grants to work with people because they do have some mental health illnesses and we're trying to figure that out and how to work with them. But we want everyone to be safe in the city. And we have a great city. We know that there are some wonderful opportunities. Volunteers jump in. 
they're painting out graffiti and they're handing out bags of food and boxes of food and clothes and helping with water bills and rent and everything else. And we know this is a difficult time. This is a difficult time for everyone. But we're in the forever business. We're moving on. We're going to keep living and we can do it together. We've been through tough times together. We're not the only ones. Think about our parents and grandparents who went through wars and recessions and everything else. We can do this. We can work together. We can be a part of this. And we can help each other. I think that is an amazing thought to go out on. Thank you so much for joining us, Mayor Ann McInerney-Ogle, Mayor of Vancouver, Washington, and Troy Price, Assistant Chief of the Vancouver Police Department. And Mayor Ann, I just wanted to say, I love the word you used, Catawanka. It was great. (laughs) It's a good word. Thank you for the opportunity. And thank you, working people, for joining us on another episode of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council and sponsored by Unions America and Union Reach. Find out more at unionreach.net. And be sure to sign up for that free app and don't wait because it expires December 31st. Support a good union business in our area, folks. Check them out. And of course, speaking of amazing union business, this podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement. And hey, you know what that means. This entire program is union label. I'm in the union. Shannon's in the union. SAG-AFTRA is the union. Oh, before we go, Shannon, you wanted to tell them something about ways they can help the labor-endorsed candidates in the upcoming election, right? Yes, I do. The Southwest Washington Central Labor Council has endorsed some great candidates for working families like us this year. You've heard from some of them already, and you're going to hear from more of them in the next couple weeks. So we're running virtual phone banks. Really, we call them fun banks. And they are fun. People get together on Zoom. They laugh. They chortle. They tell jokes. And we even give out some raffle prizes. So please join us. Our phone banks are running Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays from now until October 29th. So find out more on our website at swwaclc.org. And remember, working people, this is your show. We want to know what you want to hear on it. Email us at podcast at org, or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SWWACLC. Hey, Harold, you know what it's like when you, when you have an itch and you just want to scratch it? Well, it's kind of like that subscribe button that our listeners are looking at. They want to push it. I know they do. So get that itch, subscribe to that podcast, hit that subscribe button. And not only that, Give us five stars or a thumbs up or click the magic turtle, whatever your platform of choice gives you to say that you like this and share it with your friends. Let them know what we're doing here. One last thing, folks, before we go. This is serious stuff that we've been talking about. People really believe what they believe and they want other people to know about it. But take Troy Price's advice. If you feel like you need to just 
yell what it is you believe at somebody who doesn't believe in it, take a breath, go to your happy place. Are you sure that doing that is going to change their mind? No? Then walk away. Anybody can walk away. And I remember on some past shows, we talked about being in the middle politically. And it doesn't matter if you're a Republican, an independent, or a Democrat. We are all human beings, and we all deserve respect, and we all deserve the rights of the First Amendment. So if we put those things together, the rights of free speech and treating each other with respect, maybe we can have civil conversations about things that we may not agree on instead of yelling at each other and destroying property and acting like children. And you may just save Thanksgiving. (laughs) For all of us. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye.